0: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thank you for spending some of your morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Looks like this, pretty short and sweet. Scott Dockerman, 1030. Rob Doster at 1105 on college basketball from a national perspective. And then Nick Gosen from twenty four seven Sports, CycloneAlert.com on Iowa State. Of course, Doc on the Hawks. He was at Carver yesterday. Uh, his mailbag in the Athletic was chock full of questions. It was a long read. A lot of Hawkeye fans had some questions for our friend from the Athletic, and he will join us uh, about 1030. So that's the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. We will opine from what we saw over the weekend. Uh, Iowa State goes down in flames. Uh, Drake and you and I go to overtime. Pretty darn entertaining basketball game. And then uh, the Hawks, after um, the first 20 minutes, looked as, oh my God, it can't get much worse than this. Well, maybe for the first couple of minutes of the second half, I thought maybe it might. But then uh, things turned around. And that was a much needed win. You can't lose to Minnesota on your home floor if you want to see yourself in the tournament. I know the net says they're good enough. We have to mention Caitlin Clark because this is unbelievable. Yes, it is. Now, my depth of women's sports is, well, there's none. Uh, But watching what this woman is doing on the floor night in and night out, Trent, it's amazing.
2: It It, truly is. Never seen anything like it. I haven't. Like it, it. no. And in the comeback, so they're playing with seven scholarship players. You knew they were shorthanded. Michigan's really good. And they get down 25. All right, it's over. But you can't flip it on. I'm getting dinner ready last night. Cooking, got the TV on over in the living room, and just watching it. And, and did she just pull up from forty feet? <laughs> Not only that, but uh, get ready for bed last night. Flip Sports Center on. Zubin was doing Sports Center, so always like to watch when Zubin's Absolutely. in there a little bit longer. And their second highlight of the night was Iowa women's basketball. Isn't that something? Just like for on, one reason, Trent on Thursday night. The beginning of Block Two was the Iowa pence or the Iowa. No, it was that last Monday. Iowa-Penn State game, and then it went into Iowa-Ohio State. Caitlin Clark, this is not a local story. This is (laughs) a national story where people know And the question becomes, because you look at the elite elite, the Yukons, the South Carolinas of the world, how how is Iowa going to compete at that level? Both Iowa and Iowa State over the last, what, 30 years now? Really good teams, Mm -hmm. but there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling that you can hit. With the right break, maybe you can get to Elite 8, but that's it. Right. With Caitlin Clark now here, and still having two years of eligibility, and actually three, with the COVID And, year, and
0: there's a rule that you can't go to the WNBA until when?
2: I you, wonder if it's like the NFL she, rule. I don't think she's eligible to go now. Right, because I, I believe it's like that. You have to be three years right. removed, and we've only seen a couple because right. obviously the money is completely different. Sure. If you go in that transfer market, and there's a couple of big-time players that want to play with Caitlin Clark late in their mm. careers. Because of what they are, they're a nice team. They're a top twenty-five team. They're a team with the right break and the right draw can get to a Sweet Sixteen. But you throw a couple of elite players, that want to play with Caitlin Clark along with it. Maybe just maybe, Iowa and the state of Iowa can break through and do something that we haven't seen before. Mm. You know, they go. They went to the Final Four in the early nineties. It was a different world ago yeah. compared to what college basketball is bu- sure. built into now. Over the last thirty years,
0: no, it's amazing, Trent. It's absolutely amazing watching what this uh, what this young woman can do. Mm-hmm. The shots that she makes, double team, triple team, it doesn't matter. She's going to find a way to get the ball up, and if she does, most of the times it goes in. Anyways, it had to start there mm-hmm. because it's an amazing story. And to your point, this is no longer a local story. No, not at it, all, and it's probably been the case for some time. And mm-hmm. you know, just as, as it got past me, but wow, that's incredible. All right, so where do you want to start? We're going to back to Saturday. We want to do latest? Yeah, let's as go the Saturday first.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and Well, Iowa State was up first against Texas, and it was a good game for 20 minutes. Uh, te- well, till the very end. It's funny. Uh, both Iowa and Iowa State, in their last 30 seconds of the first half... Both had gaffes. I mean, major gaffes. Uh, Iowa State, the same way. They have the basketball with a chance, their last shot, and turn the ball over, and boom, down the floor they come. And uh, I think it was a three-pointer at the end of the first half to give the Longhorns the lead going into the locker room. And then it was too much Texas in the second half. Trent, my question to you, when it comes to this Iowa State team... And, and it's a good thing that they put the hay in the barn when they did, mm-hmm. because they're not playing well. The, no. the, this is they um, they being other Big Twelve teams realize that essentially Iowa State's one trick pony when it comes to scoring, and Brockington is going to get his. And you maybe say the same thing about Iowa, yeah. although Patrick McCaffrey yesterday did very well. Uh, it was good to see Patrick McCaffrey stepping up, but they just can't shoot. And you have to score. I don't care how good you are defensively, and they are committed to playing defense. But you have to score at some point.
2: In the games where you don't get anything from Grill and Koontz, and that's what this one was mm-hmm. once again. Again. You are so offensively inefficient. Yeah. You don't have a shot against Trent, anybody with a pulse. Those two combined for as many points as you and I combined for <laughs> right. this weekend. Right. A couple of goose eggs. Uh huh. And because of the way that they are. So I've posed this question going back. Oh, probably three weeks ago, if it goes south, and it has. It has, yeah. What buttons do you push to ignite the offense? And I think it's got to be one of those two guys in the starting lineup. But those guys are playing real well either. No. It's not like it's an easy. Hey, both these guys, one of these guys is going off and scoring mm-hmm. 8, 10 points a game off the bench. That hasn't been the case nope. recently. But you have to do something, don't
0: you? The, uh, the answer is yes. Look, their bench scoring was 8 points, and, and Walker, who I forgot, was even on the team. Yeah. Uh, he made a free throw in the last. I don't know. I think it was thirty seconds left in the game. He went one or two at the line. Other than that, it was just Condit uh, off the bench. And he's had a really nice year. Mm-hmm. He, he has. He is. Uh, he's focused. He's committed. Uh, Jones is. You know, you know what he brings to the floor. Physicality, that's, big body. That's it. Yep, that's it. He hustles his mm-hmm. you-know-what off. Yep. And Aruna, same kind of way. Uh, Hunter is, is a freshman playing in the Big 12, playing the point in the Big 12. And and I think he's, I mean, obviously he's got a very bright future. Kelsher, one every five games, maybe going to get you double digits. Right. But that's but, it. But you can't You can't ask for much more than that. And Isaiah Brockington. And he's a stud. And, and he's unbelievable. Where would they be without him? Because he would be in he the was, bottom
2: of the standings. He
0: was a late addition. Right. He went back and forth. Mm-hmm. Thought he was coming to Iowa State, and I don't remember the school who got in late and tried to change his mind, but he, he, he uh, held firm, uh, and he's in names and boy, oh boys, it's Autzen and Cyclone Nation, grateful uh, that he is. But Koontz, um, where' where's his offense gone? And Caleb Grill, he just... I miss firing up the grill. (laughs) And I thought you would never say that. I
2: never thought I would say that. I long for those days. This team needs secondary scoring in the worst way. They need not secondary scoring. They need first-level scoring. Well, they do, yeah. Because Brockington, as good as he is, is not a guy that should be... No, he shouldn't be 20. 17 shots a game, come on. Right. Totally agree. Yeah, that's not what Mm -hmm. he is. He's good with the mid-range. Yep. He can knock down an open three, but when he is the... Focal point of your offense. And he is. Every single night. And you don't have anything else. That's it. Nothing on a consistent level. This is a big-time problem. So you're down to eight remaining games. Yeah. And here you go to West Virginia tomorrow. Right. Who has not played But well, it's Morgantown. It is. It's been a house of uh-huh. whores. They have lost seven consecutive games. Right. But dig a little deeper. Texas Tech, that was a nip-tuck game over the weekend. Yep. Baylor had them on the ropes on Monday. They did. And Baylor came back, and that was at yeah, Baylor. I saw
0: I saw a lot of the Texas Tech-West Virginia game on set. Uh, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes of it. But
2: you're right, it was a close game. Last weekend in the SEC big, Ten, big 12 Challenge, they went to Bud Walton Arena, and they were right there with Arkansas. Ultimately, of course, Arkansas won the game. But you dig a little bit deeper into these games, it's not like they played poorly, certainly over the last couple of weeks. They just haven't been able to mm-hmm. come up with an LN. It's a hungry team. Now, ultimately for them, a big part is, what they're going to get, and is Taz going to be healthy. If Taz Sherman isn't there, mm-hmm. Iowa State's got a good shot mm-hmm. of winning that game. But what with Taz Sherman out there, this is a completely different team. So you look at that one. Probably put in the L column, though? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's a, clearly it's a coin flip. Kansas State at home over the weekend then, on Saturday. Right. A K-State team that just went to TCU and won. Right. We've seen how good TCU is. Absolutely. And they went down there and won. And I don't know how he's doing it because this team stinks individually. Yep. Yep. But Bruce Weber, well, there's a reason he's a really good coach. Mm -hmm. It's because he can take pieces like this and make them at least competitive in this Big 12. Then he go to TCU after that next week. You putting a win there? I I was a couple of weeks ago. Home for Oklahoma. Okay. Okay, yeah. Home for West Virginia. All right. Yeah. At K-State. Hmm. Oklahoma State at home Better than a coin flip But 55-45 Iowa State 60-40 maybe at best They finish at Baylor Realistically Can they win six basketball games in the conference? No, six more Six and two down the stretch with that schedule Even an easier schedule than what you have No, I mean six, six Can they get to six? They're at three now Oh, I see where you're going I thought you meant six out of the last eight No, there's no way they can win six out of the last eight I mean, I'd be surprised Because even at four and four that puts you twenty to eleven overall, seven and eleven in the conference. Mm-hmm. More than likely, playing in the eight nine game for sure you are, and then you're taking on whoever the number one seed is. More than likely, Kansas. Yeah. Would a win in the eight nine game against Kansas State be <sighs> enough? And then a loss to Kansas puts you at twenty one twelve. That seven and eleven record, though it's not on your team sheet when it gets to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. it's still baked in there. Look, there's going to be postseason.
0: But, I think that the what seemed like a sure thing yes uh, is no longer a sure thing the way this team is playing. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the valley. A uh, banged out nap center. Oh. You know what? The atmosphere was pretty good. Now I got to give Panther fans credit. Mm-hmm. They showed up uh, in, in a big way uh, and helped that environment. Trent, it was a fun basketball game. It really was. Glad it went to overtime. Uh, A.J. Green struggled to shoot the ball mightily. Most entertaining game of the weekend that I saw. And I watched a lot of
2: basketball. But
0: that you no, know, one... I watched Fresno State in Wyoming last night. Yeah, it was okay. It was By the okay. way, you know who did the color on that game? Just Settles. Oh, really? Just Settles did the color. In that game last night got shipped CBS. out to Fresno. Uh, yes, I think he, I, I believe they were in the building. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised that uh, Settles was on the call. Uh, anyways, regardless of that, yes, it was a very entertaining basketball game. I'm trying to think, was there another one that was that good? Not the Certainly wasn't head?
2: Duke, Carolina. No. And For the national audience that no. stayed on 206 and didn't no. go a 208 on DirecTV, you missed out. You did in a big time way because the uh, the Valley game was fun.
0: You know, the uh, officiating was was bad for both teams. Yes. Um, the one I don't understand, <laughs> Noah Carter, and he's a big dude. Boy, he played well. Yeah. No, I didn't realize he's is is as, as good as he is from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I mean, my god. He's automatic. Shooter.
2: Yeah, outstanding shooter, that's what he's been going back to high school when I saw him the first time. So
0: what's Roman Penn supposed to do when Noah Carter is not 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 going to crap but bumping him? Uh-huh. He's 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 got his back toward the basket. And he's going, to the, he's, he's going to just bump time after time. So Penn takes his spot, establishes position, boom, he's knocked out of it. Same thing happens. To, what's he supposed to do?
2: Throw your hands up and say, well, can I do?
0: Right. <laughs> and yeah. then the, the, the official blows the whistle and calls the foul on Roman Penn. Right. Uh, I didn't understand that. The flop, what your thoughts on the call? I didn't see, I wish I was in
2: the building to see it. Right. And I, I'm sure I saw. There was one replay from afar. Yes. And you know what that is. So, the part of it I think that people missed is it was a delayed whistle. Right. That's the key, I think. It has to be, though, by rule, a mm-hmm. delayed whistle. That is not something that you blow the whistle on as the ball is live. It has to be basically a dead ball or somebody has a rebound, clears right, it out. possession. possession. Yeah. That's when mm-hmm. you do it. So, that was the reason behind it. You're right. I would have liked to see a better replay uh-huh. of it, but I'm fine with it, too, because I want to see more of that. I want to see officials more. Yeah. The crap flops that mm-hmm. we see. Call it that way mm-hmm. because it's not a grip part of the game. No, it's not. It was was it Murphy or Wilkins? I don't remember.
0: It was one of those two. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the shot went in out on the left wing. Yep, one of the few times. I mean, they got to they got to the uh, extra time, and and Drake every time down the floor seemed to settle for three mm-hmm. and missed every single one of them in, in overtime. I think.
2: Well, for all intents and purposes, they only played six guys. You know, Brody played twelve right. minutes, but yeah. it was right. a six man rotation mm-hmm. and looks a little gassed out there too. Yep, Bowen born. Bourne. Plays as you know what off. He played really, uh-huh. really well. He's undersized. Yep. He's not big by any means, but he's out there. He's competing at a high level. And you know, there were times you and I got back in the game and they did it without AJ Green. It was
0: really AJ Green was one of nine, including an 0 for five from three. He AJ Green goes one of nine, scores seven points. Mm-hmm. You and I win in that basketball game. You I told you that
2: Friday. No shot, absolutely no way. Pickford doing exactly mm-hmm. what he should do. Mm-hmm. Can't shoot it from the outside. He's nope. Been the boy for five years now, but use your athleticism. I like his game. Trend. Get to the rim and twelve rebounds yep. on top of it. He was hustling. He was going to the rim when they were laying off of him. He was doing what needed. how he's just a good player. Yeah. This you and I team. They got a chance here. And how about this? We go into the the valley, a week into February, and we got you and I a half game back, Loyola, Drake a game back. Uh We're going to come down to the wire. And it's really playing the the positioning that it looks like it's going to be, is you want to stay out of the four seed, right? You want to stay. You don't want to play that kind of goofy Bradley team in the opening round in the quarterfinals and... Wait as long as possible before you have to see Loyola. Mm-hmm. Scott Reiser
0: just texted me, our, our buddy from Channel 8.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was Wilkins. It was Wilkins, yeah, it was gotcha. Wilkins.
0: And he said everybody in the building was look, kind of looking around. What was that all about? Right. <laughs> it kind of felt the same way. Yeah. And uh, Coach DeVries, he snapped. Yes, he did. Right?
2: Yeah. He, he didn't know what it was. Was that the one where Tucker had to hold him back a little yes. bit? Yes.
0: Yes. Grab and hold of dad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, when, when, would, uh, when did Tucker have the cramp? Was it in overtime at the end of regulation? Oh boy, I don't remember. Anyways, it was. Uh, uh, I think it was the beginning of overtime. You thought, "Oh, that's what an awful way if he can't get back into." it. But to your point, Trent, as entertaining a game as we saw all day, yeah, you know, I feel bad for it, and we've had this conversation a lot um, with with Kevin Layman, uh, who every time we come on, he comes on, he talks about the Panthers, reminds me about the long COVID frost and fight. Yeah. Trent, it's just it, he played it, so
2: well in that stretch did. in the first half. And then he can't get back in. And he can't get back up the floor. Right. You saw that, and there wasn't a break where you knew they were pulling him Mm -hmm. out. And it was just back and forth, up and down, and he's getting a block. Mm -hmm. And then he's huffing and puffing down to the other end. But this is not just a guy that's out of shape. That's not what this is. This is a guy that has the effects Uh on his lungs of COVID. And because of that, this was an All-Valley player. It was. He was a first-teamer one year. He was a second-teamer. We're not just talking about... It's not yeah, this is not Josh and This is a guy at the end of your bed, right? You know that that's not what this is. Well, by the way, what's his future?
0: Didn't you think we'd see some steps from him this year? We'll get to Iowa in a second. Yeah, but back to Fife. Um, right. This is this is a guy that they were counting on. If they had him in this rotation, oh boy, oh my gosh, um, it, it completely changes the makeup of that team. Mm-hmm. Carter gets to play the position he should be playing, right? Because he's only six five. That's just it.
2: Boy, he's effective. Yes, he is. He is so effective. Knows how to shoot the basketball.
0: Entertaining as hell, Trent. Glad I watched it.
2: Uh-huh. Glad I watched the basketball game. And every time I went to the Duke-Carolina game, it stunk. You know, I never even flipped over. Oh, you missed absolutely nothing. Carolina's terrible. Yeah. They are bad. Right. They don't, They still don't have a win against a quad one team. Isn't that something? And when we talk North about Carolina. Iowa State, boy, if they finish 7-11, might be a problem. Uh-huh. You look around the country. Again, look at the bottom of the bubble. Look at some of the bad teams that are in or first four out. These are bad basketball teams that still have a chance. And for Iowa State, that gives you hope. Mm -hmm. And who we're going to next, Iowa, that gives you hope. Right. Because the advanced metrics like this Iowa team, I think a lot more than most anybody that watches them game in a game out. There's no question. Uh, So let's go to Iowa yesterday, Trent. Look, the end of the
0: first half was just comical, right? Um, The timeout with 1.4 seconds. I I mean, you never see it called. Mm -hmm. Nobody calls timeout there.
2: It's not the NBA rule where you get it. At no, you
0: don't. The, the balls you can't advance the basketball, so you're going to try and throw it. Not the length of the floor, but but heave it. Eulis does his best, misses a couple of wide open hawks, uh, and uh, we seen we saw a lot of that this fall, right? But um, and, and then the ball ends up is it Lowey that uh, mm-hmm. the ball ends up in his. Uh, in his hands, he turned he, one dribble on the floor, and, and he played pretty well, by the way. Right, uh, one dribble and uh, in at the buzzer to go up four. But to the Hawks' credit, Trent, they came out and particularly the final. I don't know, was it seventeen, sixteen, or seventeen? It was all Iowa. Yeah, it was all Iowa. And then you start, and that's what I love about sports betting, right? Mm-hmm. Because the game was in hand. Yes, the game was there. The game was the game was decided and then there's that magic other number out there uh-huh. right it's the, the folks that got 11 then there were some 12s that got to 13 there were some 12 and a halfs out there so everybody for the i no unless you unless you move the line mm-hmm. if you bet the game you were on the edge of your seat baby and and you shouldn't have been cuz the game was decided at yeah. that point but that just adds to it and i saw you cashed no oh, yes i did uh, you had 12 and a half yep but man oh man at the at the end of that game you know they just decided, we're good. Let's just end it. We won't shoot. You don't shoot. Right. And I could just... Dribble it out. Yep. Watching games like that in in, in Vegas, where there's a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. that have a have a, a, a side on that game. Yelling at the TV. Oh, yelling and just on both shoot sides it. of it. Right? Don't shoot. Don't <laughs> shoot. And just uh, half the books uh, just overjoyed. The other half is just cussing like there's no tomorrow. So Iowa goes with the lineup change. Yeah, your thoughts. On the surface, I liked it. So what does this mean for Tucson? And why did it take Fran McCaffrey not being there to make it easier? Would this have been done if Fran McCaffrey was on the sideline yesterday?
2: Start with this, and this goes into the nepotism things that we've talked about in the Mm -hmm. past. Joe Toussaint and Patrick McCaffrey are roommates and have been roommates since their freshman year. They're tight. And some people believe, especially with Bohannon coming back, that maybe Joe Toussaint wouldn't have been here this year. If that mm. was the case. But because of the relationship, mm-hmm. he stuck around, got the starting job, and away they went. Yep. I was surprised by this. If it was me, I'd like Perkins going in there. Now, he wasn't good. Tony Perkins did not have the game that we've seen in the past. In fact, they had three turnovers in the first half. All of them came from Perkins, including Jeez. that final play of the first half. He is now one of his last 19 from three. Jeez. That's a two-guard. It's a problem. I like his athleticism, like his ability to get to the rim and the defensive presence that he brings, but probably not the right button to push. I think ultimately, though, the justification behind it is you're trying to find a way to get Jordan Bohannon going because he's been bad. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it. Over the last month, he has not been good. And you're finding, all right, he's not a two-guard. Offensively, it's been too much of a struggle trying to run him off screens. We can't get anything going with him. Let's try this. Get him ball back in his hands. And you saw that. A couple threes that he hit. Just coming up the floor, got a little space and he's going to fire. But he had one assist. Yeah, it, it didn't cure. You know what anything? he
0: did yesterday, Trent? That, that I thought um, kind of not saved his game. Mm-hmm. I thought he really played well on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, not the bar's not set real high for it's him. Not, for him, yeah. I, I thought I thought that uh, he was committed defensively yesterday. Yeah, Lowy went off in the first half. Yep, it, it, it wasn't did. all against Bohannon. No, but, but Lowy got his points. But yeah. I thought that I thought
2: Jordan Bohannon played pretty well. Played defensively, hard. Defensively, yes. Played hard. Played hard defensively, right. Which wasn't always the nope. case. It didn't seem to look like that anyway. I don't think this is a Joe Toussaint problem. I don't think it's an Aaron Uless problem. I think there's something deeper happening with this team offensively. And I think it's still more Chris Murray. need to get him out there. He, he wasn't great. Well yesterday. Yeah. No. Not offensively, but he made impact defensively. Mm-hmm. And you need those things. There were a couple of air balls yesterday, Bohannon yeah. and Chris Murray both. Yep, Murray hit a three, the kind of Chris did that ignited the run yeah. as they started to pull away from Minnesota in that one. I'm just surprised. You mentioned Tucson. Six minutes, he came in, didn't pout. But you know, you're know you right. And, and Right away, got a steal. Yes. It was right away, made the play yeah. late in the half as he saved the ball going out of bounds. He Dove was, into his own bench. And then didn't play in the second half. Yeah. That's concerning. Mm-hmm. I think the end of days are coming. Remember also, their highest... The end of his Iowa days. Iowa days, yeah. yes. Their highest-rated recruit coming in is point guard, mm-hmm. DeSante Bowen. He got Eulis there, mm-hmm. and he got Bowen. And if this is what's going to happen going forward for Joe Toussaint, you don't anticipate he's going to stick around for another year. This is a New York guy. Plenty yeah. of options in the Northeast. Go closer to home. Finish out your career, and again, he'd have two years of eligibility wherever he would go. If this is the way it plays out going forward, but you're taking away your best on-ball defender. I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that because I ultimately don't think Toussaint is the problem with this team right now. to turnover ratio has been solid. Uh-huh. Defense is good. He's not a great shooter, but when he's been open this year, mm-hmm. he's shooting over 35% from three. It just feels like there's more problems than just Toussaint. To point this out. Well, his roommate wasn't one of them yesterday. I thought Patrick McCaffrey had a really nice game offensively. Yes, uh, and that's and he actually rebounded a little uh-huh. bit, which is good to see. Yeah. Ball was moving, wasn't sticking. Just had the one assist, as mentioned from Bohannon, but overall looked okay. That's a bad Minnesota team, though, too. It I mean, is. They're, they're not very good. But I thought this was a bad Minnesota team that's about to re- really put a, a flying in Hawkeye season yeah. ointment. And if you would have lost that oh, one, boy. it would have been four out of five, uh-huh. and it would have been a lot of trouble. That tricking. would have been a bad loss. So now you got Maryland on the road. We did this with Iowa State. Let's go through with Iowa. All right. Maryland on the road. Giving them win? Uh, yes. I can't. Nebraska at home? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the uh, game at the end of the next week or two weeks that worries me in Lincoln. Then you got the back-to-back home games with Michigan and Michigan State. Top, both of them, obviously, very difficult. Nebraska on the road. That That's the one. That concerns you. Home for Northwestern. Trent, Northwestern
0: win. pounded the crap out of, uh, uh, in Lincoln. Yes.
2: I mean, just embarrassed them. Feels like they're lost. They are. Yeah. And but then you know the two what? roadies to finish, Michigan it, and Illinois.
0: It, it, it's, the, it's the Iowa on the front of the jerseys that I think is going to jumpstart that, that Husker team.
2: Yeah. I really do. In Lincoln. Something to play for, trying to get that first it's conference all. win. Yes. Everything pointing right. that way. And that building has not exactly been a great place for no, Iowa. No, it hasn't. Was it the snow game that they had over there one year? They had to bump it up a day. That was when I was really good. Nebraska was really bad. They lost that one. We'll see. Last year, there was no Fran fade. No. They did not fade. It has been a narrative that has been out there. It didn't happen a season ago. Mm-hmm. didn't happen in Aaron White senior year. A lot of winnable games here on the schedule. So they have, let's see. What What's after Nebraska? I know Illinois looms. Uh, after Nebraska, the home game on Monday, the 28th, against Northwestern. Yep. And then at Michigan, at Illinois to finish. Mm-hmm. And you got to find a way to get that Ohio State game in there. Oh, sure, we have to make that up, right? So there might be some more shuffling that happens. In so is there compete. four more wins? If there's four more wins. This is not a tournament team. Got to find five more. So you beat Nebraska twice. Yep. Uh, you beat Northwestern. Yep. That's three. Um, you beat one of the two Michigan schools at home. It'd be big if you could. And then find a way to win. Got to you know, win. Got But tomorrow night's pretty important. What is it? Thursday. Thursday, You yep. have to win at least one of the road games remaining, not counting Northwestern. Maryland, Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State, wherever they put that in the schedule. Oh, boy. You better get, you better get Thursday night. Huge game. Yeah, better get Thursday night. Mm. All
0: right, we'll take our first break. More Hawks uh, with Scott Docterman next. Rob Doster, 1105. You'll join us. We'll go around college basketball from a national perspective. Did you spend, did you
2: spend any time on props over the weekend? Not yet. Still haven't delved into them. I took a night last week, Wednesday, Thursday night, and I started to kind of shift shift through a few things that I liked, Mm -hmm. looking at some numbers, but really digging in because – that's something you got to take an evening. I mean yes, that, that's not a right. That's not a sit down and get a fire for 20 minutes and, and take a look at it. It is. Got to do your homework. Yes, night. absolutely. It is a deep deep exercise. So yeah, I'm going to have to take a look here. See what night works out best to do that. Maybe print off some sheets. I like to have the paper. I'm like you. I like to have the actual <sighs> old school. Yes, we're old. Indeed. Uh, we'll take our first time out of the week actually.
0: Uh, but before we do that, we can tell you that it's time for another uh, time for your opportunity to, for, to win $1,000. Yes, it's $1,000 slam dunk here on KXNO.com. Another week of this. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword thanks. Thanks at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Dr. next Miller & Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. point for free. Now back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station ten thirty five on a Monday. It's one hundred six point three KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you. Rob Doster from the field of 68 kicks off our number two, Nick Oson on Iowa State. Right now, Scott Dockerman. He is uh, from the athletic. Boy, the mailbag was chock full before we get into that. Both my partner and our next guest are huge Bears fans. Jeez. And Lovey Smith, the guy that led you to the Super Bowl. Lovey Smith's gonna get another gig in the NFL. Didn't go very well in Illinois. It sure didn't. Doc, does that surprise you that Lovey Smith is still a wanted commodity in coaching? How are you, Scott Dockerman?
1: I I'm doing well and no, it doesn't it doesn't really surprise me. I think he's a good coach and he's a terrific person. Got and a great beard. So, yeah, a great beard. Looks like Santa. And yeah. uh I I just think that uh, you know, the recruiting game in Illinois yeah. was what doomed him in and that's what happens to a lot of pro coaches that hard it 's hard to get into those living rooms and then fright kids away well just about anybody if you 're illinois
0: yeah that 's an excellent point and I, and I think they 've got the right guy there and uh, look uh, for for me, who's not an Iowa grad that likes competitive divisions. If if Bielema can make Illinois relevant again, and I think he, uh, there's a good chance. Well, we'll see. I thought the same thing about Scott Frost. Full disclosure, anyways. Doc, let's get into the Hawks. Um, let's do basketball before we do football because your mailbag, my gosh, it was as full as we've seen it. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but but man, oh man, you answered a lot of questions. But basketball yesterday, you were in the building. Boy, talk about a tale of two halves, right? And especially the way the first half ended, uh, with the timeout, with the you know second and a half left or whatever, you don't see that very often. Uh, hard to be critical; they're trying to score, but just a, just a terrible way to end the half with that uh, three by Lowey.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, they're down four points to a team they really don't have any business losing to. I think that was. You know, at that point, you're kind of wondering, hey, your season's at the brink here. You know what's going to happen. You're at a crossroads. If you lose this game, you're in you're in big trouble. I mean, let's face it. You're going to be four and seven in the Big Ten, and you're losing at home to Minnesota. You know, every uh, yeah, you've got a lot of winnable games on your schedule. But if you're going to lose that game, you're, they're looking at you the way you're looking at them. So uh, I think that was really an important stretch after they gave up three three pointers and are up forty-seven to forty, or they're down forty-seven to forty-two. For them to really tighten up defensively it was. But it's like they finally got it all mm-hmm. together. It was the best collective defense I've seen in a long time from Iowa, and it really it spurred a you know nineteen to four run, and, and from there, uh, you know Iowa was able to to really take over the game and, and win it decisively.
2: Point guard position, Bohannon gets the start at the point. Eulis played really well during that run in the second half. Showed a little something offensively to go along with what he can do defensively. But the former starter. Joe Toussaint looks like he goes to number three on that depth chart. Played well in his minutes in the first half, and then doesn't get off the bench in the second. Your takeaway from the point guard spot?
1: I think uh, what what happened was in the second half, and in fact, I know this is what happened that Aaron Eustis played so well, they weren't going to pull him from the from the the floor, and and that's one thing that Fran does that Billy Taylor did yesterday, and I think that. Really matters is when you're getting in a run and you're playing well. Don't disrupt what you got out there. And and Aaron Euless played by far his best game and and uh, you know had that those back to back scores. You know the 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 score in the lane and then the three pointer and and he was able to get some steals, some really good ball pressure, which I think was essential in this in this game. Don Peyton Willis and uh, that's not really what happened in the first half. They didn't play very good defense. They certainly didn't play very good defense on the ball. So, um, you know, what this means going forward for Joe Toussaint, uh, I, I would anticipate him to be on the bench, and, uh, you know, now coming in in the game, I think there are some questions as far as, can Uless do this each and every game? Because if he can, then he's going to play a lot more than everybody else. Perkins deserves minutes, Toussaint deserves minutes, I think it's probably going to end up being who has the hot hand in the second half as to who stays on the floor the longest.
0: Yeah, I I'm with you. Doc you know uh, and you mentioned it was a collective uh, effort defensively. I'm glad you put it that way because I think that's a that's an apt description. Bohannon, look, they were engaged, right? They, you have to want to play on that end of the floor, uh, and and we didn't see it early. What what do you think was behind it, Doc? What caused the light uh, the switch to flip? Uh, did they just realize that you know that this is a this this would be a I think a devastating loss to their. You can't lose to Minnesota at home. Put it that way. What what caused the turnaround defensively?
1: Well, I'm talking to uh, Keegan Murray at a, you know, after halftime. You know, he's like, we just decided we're not going to lose this game. And they gave up. The, it's like Minnesota started tacking and shooting threes right out of the halftime. And, you know, they made three of them. But then they started tightening up on the perimeter and tightening up on the ball. And that didn't really allow any threes. So then as soon as they were able to, to get out and run, got a couple of steals, got a couple of rebounds, the next thing you know, they were really just off and running. And then you build confidence, you get more into it. And, and uh, you know, so I think it was kind of a confidence breeds confidence type type thing when it came to their defensive pressure. And uh, they looked really good doing it. I thought everybody played well on defense. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, he's the whipping boy on defense, but I thought Jordan Bohannon I played well. On defense. So I think you look at all of that and you really just kind of, uh, you know, you've got to tip your hat to the way they played because, you know, a win like this is, is – huge because it keeps you outside of the bubble per se right now mm-hmm. you know i was still in that uh ncaa discussion but if they would have lost it puts them on that and then you start to look through their non-conference schedule and start going i don't know if this team's a tournament
2: scott Dockerman joining us from the athletic doc they have four remaining scheduled road games, and then the one they have to get against Ohio State. Ohio State still has a makeup game also for Nebraska. I figure at this point, the Big Ten to have this figured out. Here we are five days later from when that game was postponed. Still nothing. What do you anticipate is going to happen with that Hawkeye-Buckeye game?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll even be able to get it in. Oh, and wow. and that's, that's the hard thing. I mean, you know, and if they don't, they... You know, it's not like either one of these teams is going to win the Big Ten title. So it just might not go anywhere. And that's unfortunate, but uh, I I would hope that they could do that. But, you know, there there are all kinds of different factors. I mean, as you said, you know, Ohio State has a different schedule than Iowa, and they have to get in another game, and and then you may have something else pop up here and there. I mean, Michigan's had a lot of issues. So I think this is, uh, you know, if, if they don't play it, it's not the end of the world. You know, but it's still you know they're going to try their best because um, you know Iowa Ohio State's a game that you kind of want to get in. It's not necessarily like Nebraska Northwestern where you think probably eh, who cares. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Scott, good point. Scott Dockerman is our guest. Doc, let's go to uh, to football, uh, and I want to uh, sp- uh, at least for, uh, begin with focusing on uh, on your mailbag at the athletic. It was full, uh, and you know what the, the the what the transfer portal does to to, to it, it. I think breeds some jealousy amongst some fan bases, right? When you're your team like Iowa, a fan base like Iowa, when you're watching Wisconsin at least flirt with Williams and Nebraska's getting involved in it, and Illinois bringing a couple of guys in, and Purdue seemingly finds a a a, a player or two in there every single year. And Iowa, for whatever reason, yes, they've had some success. They've had a couple of uh, guys in the trenches that have uh, made an impact. But the quarterback position stands out, and it seems like there's some frustrated Hawkeye fans out there uh, just that the transfer portal did not yield uh, a a new quarterback in Iowa City.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true, and, and I can under, completely understand it. I mean, that is the position that we all watched played at, at a subpar level all year, and so you're waiting for, you know, somebody to come in and save the day, and, and I do know that they sniffed around. They did look. That was not – you know it wasn't like they completely ignored it, um, but there are just some factors that didn't quite work in their favor, let's say, and, and so uh, they're riding with who they got. But, yeah, when you get a Caleb Williams who's – whether it was true or just a slight flirtation with Wisconsin, it is really aggravating because you're like, hey, you know that we're a quarterback. You know, if you're an Iowa fan, you're we're a quarterback away from being a competitive team. Not maybe not even for the not just for the New Year's Six, but you know, possibly playoff. And, and yet, um, it doesn't appear that Iowa's was looking. Now they are. They did. Um, now they're going to just kind of focus on who they have. But, uh, yeah, the, the transfer portals is an interesting dynamic. Some teams live with it, uh, Michigan State being one. It really worked for them last year, but will it work for them again and again and again? I mean, you know, Kenneth Walker was fantastic, and, and they did some really good things, but, you know, you don't always win that right. way either. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I'll gauge it after a couple of years. But, you know, and the other part is Iowa has some really good young talent, and do you want to stunt that growth you know, at a, at a position like say defensive line where they have nine or 10 guys that I think are going to really be good players. And yet do you want to bring somebody else in right away? I, you know, that that's always a big question. Uh, and and so I, I think that they're just handling it in small piece meal fashion. And and of course it's not real pleasant to the eyes right now.
2: Well, we got another seven months to break this one down and don't worry. We will with you doc <laughs> as we talk the quarterback position. The quarterback is what it is. I don't think there's going to be a guy that comes in after spring practice, and if it is, probably just another person to compete for the job. Nothing's going to be handed off the reins. My question is up front, that offensive line. We saw guys like Connor Colby go out there during his tr- true freshman campaign get his feet wet. They're going to be certainly more experienced this year, but you lose an All-American in Tyler Linderbaum. What's the expectation level for that offensive line and, and coming together and is that maybe a market also they're looking in that transfer route of finding another piece to help out, probably specifically a tackle.
1: They, they do have an offer out and uh, with Hunter Norzad from Cornell University. and but they, you know they're among several contenders for that spot. I mean, I, I think what you're looking at on campus is the competition is ongoing, and it started in the weight room a couple weeks ago. And if you're David Davikoff or Bo Stevens, you know, two four-star guys that came in last year and redshirted, the opportunity's there. Col- Connor Colby, the opportunity's there. Jack Plum and, and Mason Richmond and Nick DeYoung, you guys started last year. You may not even play this year if you don't get better starting today. So I think it all really, um, you know, it, it's a wide-open slate. You know, I think if Cody Inns, for instance, is healthy, he can pick his position. He's that good. But the rest of them, it's, it's wide open. Now, if they get somebody like Hunter Norzad to walk in and be a starter, more power to him. That's, that's really important. But I, I think right now that it, it's going to be a battle every day in the weight room and every day in the spring, throughout the summer, in training camp, and it may it may even last into the fall. I mean, there may be a couple of spots that they have to rotate just to, to figure out. But I would expect them to be better than what they were last year. I mean, you know, Linderbaum ex- excluded. He's as good yeah. as anybody you know that's ever played that position. But I think the rest of them will be better.
0: Speaking of as good as anybody who's ever played, and I'll leave it there, uh, when it comes to Caitlin Clark and what she's doing with this women's program. Doc, it really and truly is remarkable. And, and as Trent pointed out, I thought I made an excellent point. He's he's up one nothing on the week already <laughs> for me here, but it's it's not a local story anymore. This uh, Caitlin Clark is a national story. What she is doing, a- and and was on full display last night. I know you were doing press conferences, uh, et cetera, as You wrapped up your work at, at Carver, maybe didn't get to see much of it other than highlights, and that's what i am relying on too. But Doc, it's just remarkable what this young woman does. Right, double teams, triple teams. Uh, I mean, Bluters gives her the green light to shoot the basketball, at, and and why wouldn't she? Um what, what, can you put in perspective what Caitlin Clark is doing?
1: Yeah, she's the most exciting basketball player in college in college sports today. I think men's that's Oregon. fair. And uh I mean to be able to shoot from the logo right. repeatedly and make those three-pointers, um she is a must-watch attraction. And uh it doesn't matter if you're a men's fan, women's fan, no fan, yeah. When she's on people care. I mean, people like uh, that don 't really care about sports just only in name only, and then they 're like, "Wow, how did she do that you know i mean that's that 's the typical part of what she 's doing and she 's only a sophomore, so I think she 's bringing extra attention to the game, which is great for for Iowa of course, which is awesome uh, you know now she 's got to bring a few more victories, and that didn 't happen um yesterday mm-hmm. or last Monday when she hit forty three against ohio state so uh, but it's it 's been just out of this world impressive, and uh, I, I think she's the most exciting athlete in America, and, you know, at least in the collegiate sports, you can make a case that she's ever been mm. as exciting as anybody in pro sports right now, and it's just really awesome to watch.
0: It, it truly is. Doc, 49 of your colleagues at the, uh, at the Athletic were asked about their Super Bowl pick. Have you made yours yet?
1: Uh, I haven't yet, but I, I mean, I guess I, I've been leaning towards the Rams throughout, but Joe Burrow surprised me the last time, so I, I mean, I guess I'll be prepared to be surprised if he pulls through, because he's got he's got the it factor, and you well, can't dissuade that.
0: No doubt. Yeah. Scott Dr. Doc, have a great week. What are you working on this week? Anything you'd like to share with us?
1: Yeah, I'm working on right now, I'm, I'm having a, a thought on each and every one of Iowa football's scholarship athletes, or <laughs> and players, so I'm just kind of going through the list, and wrapping up a little bit of last year and they're in kind of lumping them in certain categories. So I'm working on that right now. And then, then we've got a few other things. We've got a country music singer, former Iowa football player, who's trying to get to Nashville, so I'm writing about him
0: too. Yeah, good stuff. Scott Dockerman, great stuff, Doc. Uh, enjoy your work at The Athletic, and thank you for joining us Mondays. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Doc. All right, thanks. Appreciate Scott Dockerman joining us uh, here from the Athletics. So well worth the money. Trent, my, my question about Caitlin Clark. Yeah. But, uh, take me to high school,
2: mm-hmm. and you did some of her games. Oh, yeah. Um, Saw one of the most incredible performances over at Waukee at the Fieldhouse. Team was down big came roaring back. She did made you have help? Three. A little bit. Okay. Um, Rodney Filer's daughter was on oh, the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a post for him. She was good, but not a ton. You know, it wasn't like some of the teams we see, like Johnston. You know, they got... Seven, eight girls right. had a really, really good. It was, it was Caitlin, a couple other pieces, and then a lot of Caitlin, a lot of Caitlin. Jesus, and it's kind of the same thing here. There's some nice pieces, but I just go back to what we said at the top of the show. If we can, if you just get a grad transfer, somebody that wants to play with her, and you gotta assume that she's got connections. She plays for the U.S. team. People know her across the country. Somebody says, you know what? Go to Iowa City and do something mm-hmm. special. Do something that's never been done before. Because her alone, it's incredible. It just, it is. It's worth the price of admission. And for little girls around the area. Oh, my. And, and you hear that. Yeah. And you see that and just how important it is. And you know, I've told you before, one of my roommates in Iowa, his wife is part of the Iowa Women's Staff. And the stories that you hear of kids just, I mean, it's like seeing the Beatles. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. That's what it it's kind like, is. though. She just, it's nothing we saw. The the story was great, right? right? But that was really two months at the end of her career. Mm-hmm. She's this just has been a since she
0: set foot on campus.
2: You know, I keep coming back to it. Um and apparently
0: there's not there's not a lot of um money uh when you, when you hold these camps as far as going mm-hmm. to I mean, remember when Sean Johnson was Sean Johnson. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And and my little girl, I mean Ella's age mm-hmm. or, or didn't want to take gymnastics because of show. Yes, who doesn't want to go to Kate and Clark shooting camp or, or basketball mm-hmm. camp this summer. I don't know much money there is in it for them, uh, maybe not to the extent that I thought that there was. But my but there's gosh, money. She's the pie, she's the Pied
2: Piper of this sport. Put that game right together, and oh yes. my God, signing up all over the place, and not just girls, yeah. boys too, because she's that fun to watch. <laughs> It's remarkable, Trent. It truly is. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish up the hour.
0: Rob Doster starts hour number two. He covers college basketball. Field is 68. We'll go on a national perspective to uh, uh, with Doster. Uh, and then Nick Oson covers Iowa State. He'll be with us at about 11.30. Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. one oh six.
2: on Local 5.
0: Welcome back, to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Uh, final 90 seconds here of our number one. Iowa Wolves, they were supposed to play tomorrow morning at
2: 10.30. Right, we were going to have a quick show here, just a half hour, but that got changed. As Kind of glad it's Super Bowl week after yes, all. Yes, yeah, we got plenty to talk right. about and lots of names that we're going to be bringing in here. So Austin couldn't get here because of all the delays and the weather across the country. Yeah. So they got here The Spurs? Yes, okay, yep. Spurs affiliate. So they instead moved the game, so it'll be tonight at 6.30, tomorrow also at 6.30. So both those games we'll have right here on uh, KXNO. I believe tonight we will have a KXNO.com broadcast with the Iowa State Coaches Show until that completes, Mm -hmm. and then go into the coverage of the Wolves. But lots of great things going on with them right now, too. they got all kinds of promotions happening. It's a really fun product. I've been there years ago, and... We watch a lot of college basketball, mm-hmm. and seeing these guys and being able to be as close to the action right. as you are, yeah. it's incredible. Just high level basketball, the athleticism, the size of the guys. It's got six eight, six nine guys all over the place just shooting the ball. It's it's a different level if you haven't gone out. A couple of good opportunities here the couple next couple nights. Indeed. Tonight and tomorrow, you said 6.30? 630. 6.30 tip for both. Good stuff. All right. Uh, we will stay on the basketball theme, but get back to college. camp will be here also Oh, for Joe camp Of yes. course. I never
0: thought of that angle. of uh-huh. That's right. Well, there you go, Hawk fans. Uh, Rob Doster kicks off hour number two. Nick Osten on Iowa State toward the bottom of the hour. Trent's played of the day coming up. Boy, tomorrow night in the Big Ten. Have you seen those two tilts? Yikes. We'll uh-huh. talk about those next hour coming up next.